Okay, what is up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And honestly, I'm just going to get straight into it. I'm going to get straight into it. Pretty keen to get into this. It might be a little bit of a long discussion. And what I will be talking about is... Trump's social media ban. Among other things, all related, all related to social media censorship banning... Um, talking about Trump being banned, which was what, maybe four or five weeks ago, and essentially my thoughts on that, where I think it's going to lead to, and yeah, just generally what I think about some of these high-profile bannings that we're starting to see on the sort of social media platforms. Uh, so yeah, so I'm just going to get straight into it. I don't really have a way to segment into it, honestly. Now, what I have a problem with is the fact that all these platforms, they do not apply their rules consistently. They're not applied consistently across the board. Trump was still the sitting president at the time. Whether you, whether you liked him or not, and so, once leaders and high-profile figures start to be arbitrarily banned, that's a problem for me. Why I'm saying arbitrarily is because the guy clearly was. He has violated terms of service before, and he has not been banned. And there are other people, high-profile figures, that have violated terms of service, and I'm talking about Twitter here more specifically, they haven't been banned. So when the rules, you have a set of rules, but they're not enforced, and they're just selectively just chosen, you know, oh, we feel like yeah, you know, they've broken it like five times, now we're going to ban them, this person has broken it, but we're going to leave them alone. When you start picking and choosing like that, whenever it's, especially whenever it's a high-profile high figure, you're just selectively banning when you feel like it, essentially. That's all it is, because Trump has violated their terms of service multiple times before, and so have other high high profile figures that some that still remain on their platform, others that have eventually been banned too. But the point still remains that these are all still arbitrary bans because of that fact, because they're being selectively banned, not even based on the rules, just based on what well, there's there's a significance in the timing they they want the banning to happen or because of an outrage mob has finally made them cave in to the point where they're like, oh, okay, yeah, might as well go for it. I mean, they have banned terms of service too, so it's a, it, that's a problem. So platforms like Twitter are the most effective way for leaders to communicate with the public and so and a dev- denying high-profile figures, presidents, whoever, the ability to be able to communicate with whoever they got to communicate and, like, I'm not saying Twitter's amazing for this because it's kind of a, a, a fucking degenerate cesspool of just... Because, you know, there's only so many characters you're allowed in a tweet. So, it's not Twitter's not the place really for... It's not the place I would be going for a, um in-depth, well-thought-out thought out political discussion, for example. Like, it, it's really not. But, anyway, that's that's where a lot of people go. That's where Trump would tweet out important 
things related to his presidency or whatever, and other politicians do the same. So that's just what it's used for. It's not something I would use it for, but that's how it's used for. So yeah, denying these these important people the ability to do so, that's an issue. When it's being arbitrarily done like that, it's an issue. So for me, that just kind of shows how easily it can be weaponized, how banning certain high-profile individuals can be used for like a, as a tool for like regime changes and control. Imagine if other politicians starting, started getting just arbitrarily banned in some other random foreign country. I don't see that as a good thing. Not at all. So with all that, then you got the fact that he was banned from... He was banned from like TikTok, Snapchat, Shopify. Like, what? I don't understand that. All these platforms coordinated at the same time, it seems like. He was he was banned for what? How can you be banned for violating terms of service on Twitter that be that but yet be banned from Snapchat, from Shopify, Spotify? And the thing is too, this all happened like at the same time. Boom. All at the same time. Just unit unit English. Just all at the same time. Boom. Swiped. Gone. Doesn't make any sense to me. So is that just what we're doing now? Just banning people based on who they are? Because I don't understand what justification there is for him to like not have a, a Shopify account anymore or have a Spotify account. I don't, I don't get what the justification for that is, but okay. So all of this sort of comes back to the argument that people have of well, you know what? These are private companies, so they can do what they want. And to be honest, I don't agree that these are just private companies. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, these platforms are a bit more than that. Most of our speech is happening through these platforms. The way we communicate with each other, how we receive information, the roles that they play in society, and just honestly how they have shaped society and will continue to shape society is huge. So we can't just look at them as these entities that can do whatever they want and make their own rules while the services they provide are so integral to society. Otherwise, they will see they they will control the public discourse because they are like the new public square. So when you consider the fact that there are like terrorist I'm talking legitimate terrorist organizations like you have Al-Qaeda who I'm pretty sure have a Twitter mad that's just what this is what i mean about are we sure that they've never incited violence before well of course they have so what is their twitter still doing up on up on their platform so there to me is definitely a level of hypocrisy and it's sort of just like selective banning based on what's the in thing to what's the in person to ban at the moment that's just what it seems like to me um So yeah, the fact that multi-billion dollar companies have monopolies over our ability to communicate with each other and for democratically elected officials to do to communicate with the public, it's a problem, especially when you have people just being yeeted from these places. There's too much power in the hands of people that have not been elected by anyone. They can set their own rules 
And there's a zero, there's zero accountability for any of the actions. And the reason why there's zero accountability for any of the actions is there's no transparency at all. So we don't know what's going on. We don't know the reasons for any of the decisions. There's no like, there's, yeah, there's just no transparency. We don't know what's going on. They can set their own rules and make them. They don't have to really justify why at all. So it makes it difficult to to understand what's going on, which is ob- like you're gonna have people pissed off and seeing these as just like unfair bannings um, with a level of bias and hypocrisy involved in it because it's like we don't know what's going on. So what are we meant to think? So yeah, this is essentially what I'm saying. The rules are not clear. No one no one knows what's going on because there's no transparency at all. So, what, like, if you can justify this, this banning, it's like, okay, cool. But just be ready, be prepared for when the same argument is used against you, or a political figure you like. It's the same ammo. Like, it, it's going to be this, it's the same ammo. It's just pointed in a different direction this time. So be ready for that, because the president has been set. And it will be used against you. Because there's too much grey area. There's a whole lot of grey area. A whole lot of grey area. And that grey area is going to affect you. Either indirectly or directly. It just is. And I say this because the ends don't always justify the means. If you cheer for some censorship, more will follow. More will follow. Because... The massive gray area just allows for that. It allows for overreach. It's what these companies want because these companies, they think that the way to solve the world's problems is not for dialogue. It's to silence voices that they think are dangerous to society or they don't like. It's what they believe. They think that that is how you solve the issues and problems of the world. You just have some voices just not heard. And they genuinely believe they're doing it for good reasons. They think that they're the good guys in the situation. These Silicon Valley tech overlords that are starting to control a very valuable and important resource in modern human life, essentially, in human society. They believe that we're the good guys. Because we ban someone from being mean on our platform. Great. Yes, I know. I know I'm a multi-millionaire. Or a multi. Yes, I know I have multiple millions of dollars in my bank account. Um, and you don't have shoes, but don't be mean. Don't be mean. Yeah, I know you're just trying to live out your shitty existence, and you're just you're just blowing off some steam on Twitter because, um, you just. You, your wife was cheating on you and um, your kids left you and you've been fired from your job. But don't be mean. Don't be mean. So um, that's the mindset. And they think that the good, like, they're, they think they're the good guys for doing shit like that. Um, look, and the thing with all of this is a lot of the time, it's just you can with censorship. You get people that are just caught up in the crossfire because these algorithms are not per- perfect. Um, 
and it's not even about the algorithms whether they're perfect or not perfect or not it's just wrong in general censorship and what's going to take place and what is taking place all they need to do this is a beautiful thing because they are a private company and they can do what they want and there doesn't need to be any there doesn't need to be any type of accountability for any of their rules and actions because they don't need any there needs no transparency in any anything that they do which I don't know why the fuck we will think that's a good idea, but all they need to say is, well, this is how we interpret it. And that's like literally it. Also, the fact they're a private company, so it really doesn't matter whether they have a good excuse or not. But all they need to go is, well, this is how we interpret it, and it's all good. So I see people celebrating Trump's ban, and I get it. You don't like him. You think he said some bad things. I understand that. I guess I'm just looking into the future and seeing how very easily this could be used against people. Because when you have people celebrating this and justifying this and sharing for this, it's going to lead to more things in the future. It's a Pandora's box that once you open it, it's a door that once you open it, you're not going to be able to close it. And what you celebrate and share for today will be used against you in the future. So it does worry me a bit. People want to talk about he violated the terms of service by inciting violence. It's like, okay. Even if I give you that one, you're correct. Which, um, yeah, like maybe you were, maybe that is legit. How did he, like, this is what I was saying before. How did he get banned from platforms where he said no such things? How can you be banned for something that you said on Instagram? I mean, like, yeah, how can you ban something that you said? How can you ban someone on Instagram for something that they said on Twitter? Doesn't make any sense to me. And just, I really want to come back to this point because generally just blows my mind about why shit works like this. And it blows my mind that there are people that don't see this as a problem. So the point that I was making before, where Trump has violated terms of service before, which he has, and that's another big problem. I would say maybe a bigger problem. Set up the rules and actually enforce them. Because if you don't and you start to pick and choose, nobody knows what the hell is going on. Nobody knows what the rules are. If the rules are really enforced or done so willy-nilly, it raises hundreds of other problems for everyone else. It just makes everything a massive clusterfuck where people are going to be complaining like I am right now, but rightly so, because that should not be happening. If you have rules, actually enforce them. Otherwise, don't make it a rule. And this kind of brings me on to, I guess... The second portion where I'm sort of now going from Trump's ban and just talking about just censorship in general, um, talking about the mainstream media and their involvement in it. So this brings me to a quote from a former Facebook security executive, and I'm not going to read out the whole quote because you kind of I don't need to read the whole quote out to for if you know for everyone to get the mess, get the idea for me to be able to unpack it. So this was a, this is a, I don't know the guy's name, but he's a former Facebook security executive and he was on CNN live. This is what he said. This is probably like five, 
probably like four weeks ago, month ago, quote, we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger audience that have a larger audience than daytime CNN, and they are extremely radical and pushing extremely radical views. And how do I reply to that, bruh, my guy? That's your fault. That's your fault. That's the media's fault. The fact that YouTubers, people just living in their mum's basements, have bigger audiences than CNN, is CNN's fault. Maybe if people trusted the mainstream media, people would still be watching the mainstream media. It's not that hard of a concept to figure out. If people don't trust the mainstream media like they used to, it's probably got something to do with the fact that they've been known to lie and to be disingenuous with their reporting. So people, hence people are leaving to go other places. I mean, the internet exists. exists. It's not like CNN, Fox News, One News here in New Zealand are the only places you can go to, to get your, to get an understanding of what's going on, to get your breakdown of current affairs and economics and world politics and whatever, whatever, whatever. So I think... You know, this is what people got to understand when it comes to corporate media, when it comes to the mainstream media. It's not just reporters doing their journalist thing, investigating. and No, we're talking about reporters and journalists who are given a script and paid by a multi-billion dollar corporation, which is funded by powerful special interest groups and individuals. So there's clearly going to be agendas. They're going to be conflicts of interests like if there's a breaking story about one of the companies that funds CNN about something bad that they've done a CNN then going to be to to gen like to honestly report on on that breaking story no they're gonna like have some lukewarm, diluted version of the truth that steered, like that tries to limit the amount of um, backlash that the company funding CNN gets. Like they're gonna try and either make it nameless or you know, like it's kind of a shitty example, but you get what I mean. Conflicts of interest through the funding. And due to other reasons, again, I mean that they're not going to be genuine with the reporting all the time. And it's not to say that the media just completely fake all the time and that nothing they do is legit. No, no. But should you trust them? No. And people don't, especially in America. The the amount of people that trust Fox News, CNN, MSNBC is so low. We're talking about like low 30%, 20s, 20%. It's low. So, I guess to, basically what I'm trying to say is, yeah, so there's clearly going to be agendas. And um, people know this, which is why their ratings and views are down so much. 
It's not like the, the mainstream media are the underdogs in this situation. Social media algorithm algorithms already make it an unfair playing field by prioritizing quote-unquote trusted sources, based so meaning the corporate media, in search bar results and suggested videos to watch on YouTube, for example. Like this is this is already a problem where it becomes really hard as an independent creator, like on YouTube, for example, to be able to do anything because you're gonna get deranked, you're gonna get shadow potentially shadow banned, you're gonna get demonetized, and you got the corporate media who might make a similar video video literally talking about the same topic as you have, and they're suggested they're ranked higher by the algorithm. They're prioritized. If you, for example, like if I want to go search up anything about Trump, it's going to come up with CNN or Fox News, basically. Like it's going to come up with corporate media. You're not going to be able to find, unless you scroll down, 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 any independent, like just YouTuber talking about Trump or anything Trump related. It's all corporate media bullshit. And we're, they're trying to pretend like, oh, we're favoring this in the search bar because these are trusted sources. Nobody trusts CNN. Nobody trusts Fox News. So what the fuck is going on? So with all of this, what really makes this ironic for me is the fact that the media always likes to make out, coming back to that Facebook executive, former Facebook executive sort of quote talking about right-wing radicalization. They always like to make out like the media I'm talking about, like they had no part to play in this. When of course they did, and they're probably one of them, if you were to put the blame on anything, blame putting the part of the blame on the corporate media absolutely would is justified because... The whole divide-and-conquer narrative that they spin all day, every day, trying to pin one side against another. And I just want to read a few YouTube quotes on this video. Because it's, it's not just me thinking this. Like, people are straight up saying... If all the people working at CNN just disappeared... Racism would probably be lowered by at least 15% all across the US. (laughs) Yes, they deliberately cultivate resentment on both sides. Boom, that sums it up. They they do, and they know it's because I think the corporate media found out a very long time ago, especially in America, this really is, is most prevalent in America, that if they can pin one side against another and they can make one side or different sides hate each other, then they're going to get more views, they're going to get more clicks on the articles, they're going to keep more people's eyes glued to the screens. And so that's what they do, and that's what they have been doing. They've been building up this hate one side, hate the other side, this side's racist, this, that side's racist, this side's sexist, this side's homophobia. Um, and it's, and it's not just with people within America, it's also like trying to hate foreign enemies, like hating Russia, hating, hating whoever, oh, we need to bomb this country, no, we need to bomb that country. So there's a, there's a, there's always this divide and conquer narrative going on that deliberately cultivates resentment on both sides and it's sickening and now they want to turn around and go, well, no, we're not the problem and actually we had nothing to do with this, it's because... It's because of um, the internet. The internet's bad and it's spreading bad ideas. The mainstream media spread fucking terrible ideas. They spread 
ideas of, oh, your neighbor is the problem. Yeah, your neighbor's the problem because of their political beliefs. Your neighbor's the problem because they voted for an orange man. Your neighbor's the problem because, um, because they're fucking black, right? Like, your neighbor's a problem because of this, because of that, because they're different from you. When in reality, that shit, that that shit is what creates, cultivates resentment from both sides, which leads to radicalization, which leads to people going to obscure places to essentially be, be radicalized by whatever they find on the internet. But that's what drives people to those fringe viewpoints in the first place so 100 percent, the media is responsible um and yeah when it comes to like this is already happening but now we just have it being ramped up and essentially just people going going on the going on cnn being like yeah you know we know we're, we're unpopular but we didn't even care we just want to make we, we want the social media algorithms to make us a priority so you have cnn fox news pretty much every mainstream media outlet um, supporting this and like social social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter are complicit in this, and yeah, it's just it's just sad to see, and I just don't think that people fully understand what they're celebrating when they celebrate Trump's ban because it is kind of leading to this. Like I said, that the ends don't always justify the means, and this is a Pandora's box. And once you open it, it's going to be very hard to close because you're very powerful people. They're going to make money from this. And so they want this to happen. And if people are blind to the fact that this is going to be used against you, then it will be used against you. Just a, a couple of just key points I, I think I want people to take away. Basically, just what I just want to say is Monopolies are bad, and these social media companies are monopolies. And these aren't just private companies because of the fact that some of these companies like Amazon, I think Facebook, like these these companies have military defense contracts, so they have contracts. I think Amazon has a military defense contract with the fucking Pentagon. With the fucking Pentagon. Like a multi-billion dollar or like a billion dollar defense contract, okay? I think Facebook's got something similar to that too. They've got some type of contract with the government. So... These companies are so powerful that governments are like, yo, we want to, we want to, I'm going to talk, this is the American government, but other government, they've worked with other governments, um, they've had close relationships with other governments before because the database is so large. It's, the database is like a dream for any like intelligence agency or spying agency because they, they have like, Facebook has so many billion people that use it, use their platform, right? They have so many billion Facebook accounts. So they have a larger database than any intelligence agency could dream of. So there's incentives and it has happened and it is happening. So we're talking about Amazon, we're talking about Facebook. Bruh, they're working with government. This isn't just a private company. If anything, they're in tangent with government. That's the opposite of a private company. So that's a point that I really want to draw home. These companies are powerful beyond belief in the fact that the thought that, hey, maybe it's a good idea to treat them as something other than a private company because they act as if they are not a private company. A billion dollar defense contract with the Pentagon is not really like um, 
something that you should associate with, oh, they're just a private company, they can do what they want. Oh, they're just a private company, there doesn't need to be any transparency in anything that they do. Um, no, there 100% needs to be some type of regulation so that we can get transparency. All right? So that's my point. Also, I just want to add that it's not like you can, when it comes to a monopoly, it's not, it means that you can't go anywhere else. It's not like you can, if you can't make it on YouTube, if you're being deranked through YouTube, yes, you, there are other places you can put your, you can upload and post your videos, but you, there's nowhere, nowhere else that you can financially make it. You can't financially make it on any other platform or service. It really is just YouTube. So people want to make the argument for, oh, you know, make your own thing, go to another thing. Monopolies mean that if Google don't like you or Google don't like some other up-and-coming um, competitor, they'll just derank them on the Google search bar. They'll make it so that no one, can, people can't buy their apps on the, on the Google Play Store or the Apple iTunes Store, which is what happened with Parler. Essentially, what Parler was was an alternative to Twitter. And so you can't you can't get that app anymore, which means that Parler basically ceased to exist. And that's how monopolies work. They just screw over everyone and are completely just about themselves and about maintaining power and control. And that's what a monopoly is. Screws over the little guy, screws over everyone else for their own self-interest and for profit. So these things aren't good and these aren't things that people should be celebrating and sharing for. Is essentially my point. And um, with that, just a couple of things I want to say, just to wrap it up and then I'm done. It's been a long talk. But um, yeah, I, when you first start to ban political speech, you then start to ban comedy. You then start to ban art and then music. And the reason why is because these things are kind of inter- they're intertwined. It's not... It's not a, uh, obviously they're not the same thing, but political speech, you know, politics does come into comedy, which does sort of blend its way into art and same with music. So you can't ban one without others being banned too. And this will happen and has happened and will continue to happen. And this doesn't lead to good things. This doesn't lead to the evolution of humanity and society and the progression this is why free speech is so paramount because it it pushes the progression of humanity and our ability to grow, learn, and just become better as individuals and as, as a society. It allows for all those aspects to, to be able to evolve and improve. And so yeah, so that's it. These are just some thoughts that I had. How to get it out, how to put it on the podcast. And yeah, that's that's been about it. So it's been your boy Lil Zoomy, Jack Ryan. You guys have been the Zoom Nation, and this has been the Four Starters Podcast. I right, see you in a bit. <laughs>